with, with your family. Mark chapter 9, I want you to open your Bible and quickly we're go going to get into it and let the word get into us. <clears throat> the Gospel of Mark, there in chapter 9. As you're turning there, I want to bring to your attention something that has transpired over this last week, a decision that has been made by the board and myself. Uh, as you know, we've had two vacancies on our board recently, one in Mike Jacob. He resigned his membership as a board member so that he could be hired as our high school uh, teacher, and he's going to be starting this Tuesday as our high school teacher, and so this chair has been vacant for a couple of months now. And then, of course, John O'Brien, his home going, and he, he passed a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, his chair is now also has, has uh, been opened. And uh, just continue to pray for Rose and her kids and grandkids through this time. Don't think just because we had a memorial, and what a great memorial it was, really powerful, what a great home going. But she needs prayer, folks. These are difficult times. And uh, it's, even, it's even a delicate thing for me to talk about trying to fill a chair that really can't be filled. You know, nobody can fill John's shoes. Nobody can fill his role. But um, we've had two vacancies, and the board and I felt that we could not move forward having two chairs vacant. And so, according to our bylaws, there is the um, option uh, for us to appoint someone and as we prayed about this, we felt led to go to someone who's already served on our board in the past and done so with great, great success. I called Dave McDermott and I said, Dave, I want you and Marlene to pray about this appointment. And he took several days and then he called me and he said, Pastor Steve, I feel like God is in this. And so he agreed to let his name be presented to the board. I presented him to the board. The board unanimously agreed with me and we have appointed Dave McDermott to serve on our board. Welcome, we welcome you back. And so um, I'm going to probably start calling you McDeacon again. <laughs> so um, anyway, just be in prayer. God's up to something wonderful. Good things are ahead for us, church. How many believe that good things are ahead for La Palma Christian Center? Amen. Mark chapter 9, verse 43 is where we will start today. If your hand causes you to sin, listen to these words. Cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into life lame rather than having two good feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that shall never be quenched, where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. And if your eye causes you to sin, listen, 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 pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hell fire where the worm does not die and the fire 
is not quenched. Now, Father, we still ourselves before you. We're thankful for all that you've done thus far, moving mightily here, delivering us and setting us free. We quiet ourselves before you and we sit at your feet, eager for you to speak to us, eager to hear your words. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly to our hearts. Change us today by the power of your word. Amen. Several weeks ago, on a Sunday morning, I preached about heaven. How many were here? And I asked the question, what is heaven? How many heard this sermon several weeks ago? I had every intention of doing a, a one-two punch, if you will. I was going to preach about heaven in the AM service. I was going to follow that up with a, a sermon about hell on the PM service. But on the PM service, the Holy Spirit started doing something else and started moving in another way. I don't know if you were here on that Sunday night or not, but I just could not preach that sermon on hell. I'm telling you, we had an anointing service and every person in this room began to be anointed and God began to heal and set free. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and with fire and with power. How many were here on that Sunday night? Unbelievable outpouring. So I just said, okay. I guess I wasn't supposed to preach it on that Sunday night. I began to put it before the Lord. Am I even supposed to preach this sermon at all? And I felt him lead me to, to unfold this message that he put on my heart several weeks ago and present it to you today. My question, what is hell? We talked about heaven and why not? Because... How many are going to heaven? How many want to go to heaven? How many have already made preparation and reservation to go to heaven? Hallelujah, I'm going to heaven and I'm excited about heaven. The beauty of heaven, the absence of pain and sorrow in heaven, no more death, no more separation, a place where we live eternally with our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wow. But today we look at the other side of the coin. Today we sing the second verse, if you will, of the song. We can't just talk about heaven, folks. We must also talk about hell. Too many churches today, they never even mention the word hell. They never speak about hell. They never preach about hell. They never teach about hell. After all, it's too uncomfortable for people to hear. It's too negative a topic to preach or teach. We'd rather talk about living a good life and how to have a Friday seven days a week. Oh, did I go there too? How many read that book? Oh, good, I'm safe. We'll preach about how to raise your children, how to be successful in today's society. All that's okay. I'm, I'm on board with all of that. But to sidestep and skirt around a topic as important as hell... Are you kidding me? We can't do that. I will not do that. God help me, God help us to look closely and clearly and openly, honestly at hell. You know, our society has so dumbed down hell. They've just taken it as a word. We hear it all the time. People use it in their everyday vernacular, their everyday language. This word is woven in. People say, go to hell. Anybody ever been told to go to hell? That's not very nice. They say, what the hell? Hell no. 
Now, don't get offended. I'm trying to make a point here. They've taken the value, if you will, because this is a valuable topic. They've taken the importance, maybe that's a better way of saying it, the seriousness of hell. And at best, then, it's just a, a, a word that's inappropriate, a cuss word, right? Because that's all, it's, it's, one, it's listed as one of the cuss words. Can you believe that? And I don't want my kids saying any of what I just said. And neither should you. If you're going to talk about hell, then talk about hell. We even, we, you know, as kids, we'd even say H-E double hockey sticks, right? It's almost cartoonish. The devil with the pointy ears, the pointy tail, and the pitchfork, and he's all red. You see him. You see him. This is no cartoon. This is no laughing matter. You know, we're having a little bit of fun with this, but this is serious. A topic so serious. A place so serious. I believe we must talk about hell. And I believe we will be educated today in what the Word says, what the Bible says about hell. What is hell? First of all, you need to understand hell is real. Hell is an actual place. Now, I want to make this point clear because there will be people in your life that buck this. They don't believe this at all. In fact, even in Christian circles right now, there is this right side and left side. The right side says hell is real, hell is literal, hell is actual, hell is hot, hell is burning. Hell is what the Bible teaches is a place uh, prepared for by God, for the devil. That's what the right side, if you will, believes. I'm on the right side. How many on the right side so far? Then there's the left side. I'm talking about Christians, so-called. They're saying hell is not real at all. It's all figurative. It's all just, it's all just uh, literature. And they're teaching that hell is not an actual place because how could a God uh, that loves so much send people to hell? Well, I want to make something clear today. God isn't sending people to hell as much as people by their own choices are choosing to go to hell. Because God loves the world so much that he said he would that no man perish. He would that all come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Hell is real. Jesus speaks about hell in the New Testament as though he actually believes that hell is real. And if Jesus believes that hell is real, that's enough for me. I'm going to believe that hell is real. Do you know that Jesus spoke about hell 11 times more than he talked about heaven? It lets me know how important this topic is to Jesus, to speak about it 11 times more. He talked about it 11 times more because he didn't want anybody to go there. 
He wanted to warn people about this place. He talked about hell 11 times more because hell is a reality. Our modern society has rejected hell altogether. And many of our churches have downplayed hell's existence as well. I want you to listen closely to this survey and these statistics that I found. 35% of Baptists, 54% of Presbyterians, 58% of Methodists, and 60% of Episcopalians do not believe in a literal hell. Staggering. Frightening. Listen to this. 71% of those attending the eight leading seminaries in the United States, they don't believe in a literal heaven or hell. But I say today, the Bible is clear. I believe what the Bible teaches, and that is how I will live my life, and that is how I exhort and encourage you to live your life by what the Bible says. We don't go by what the media says. We don't, know, we don't go by what certain, certain polls say. We go by what the Bible says. And I believe the Bible is very clear when it comes to this topic of the reality of hell. Psalm 9, 17, the wicked shall be turned into hell. Uh, Luke chapter 12 and verse number 5 says, I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Open your Bible to Luke 16. Everybody go there with me real quick. You've got to see this. Luke chapter 16. This is very familiar passage of scripture. It talks about a rich man and Lazarus. Look there at verse number 19 of Luke chapter 16. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was full of sores and laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with even the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked at his sores. You see this picture today? So it was that the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. Abraham's bosom is talking about heaven here, folks. The rich man also died, and he was buried, and being in torment in Hades. Now we're talking about hell here. So we have both men dying, the rich man and Lazarus, one taken to heaven, one taken to hell. Verse 23, let me read on. And uh, being in torment, the rich man, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off. And he saw Lazarus there close by to Abraham. And he cried out and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus, that he <coughs> send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime you received good things. Likewise, Lazarus received evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, 
nor can those from there pass to us. So then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers who are living, that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if one goes uh, goes to them up from the dead, then they will see, then they will hear, then they will repent. But he said to him, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one even rise from the dead. How powerful is that? I want to talk to you about the reality of hell. Hell is real, folks. It is an actual place. And so, who will be living in hell? Let's talk just for a few moments about the residents in hell. Hell was not prepared by God initially for, for, for humans. It was prepared for Satan. It was prepared for Lucifer. Matthew 25, 41, Then he will say to me, uh, he will say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, hell's fire, which is prepared, look at this, for the devil and all the demons. The devil and all his angels. This will be the primary occupant, the primary resident in hell, Satan and his demons. But it's also prepared for the Antichrist and the false prophet. I found this in Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. The beast is the Antichrist. This is speaking of the Antichrist here in Revelation. The beast... Uh, the Antichrist and the false prophet, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The residents of hell, Satan, his demons, the Antichrist, the, the false prophet in the last days. Who is hell prepared for? Who are the residents of hell? The wicked will also be uh, residing in this place. Psalm 917, I've already referenced this. The wicked shall be turned into hell. They will live there for all eternity. And sadly, there is one more group of people. I want your attention. There's one more group of people that will be residing in in hell. Not that it was initially prepared for them, but hell will be for the unbeliever. When I speak of the unbeliever today, I'm talking about those who decide while on earth not to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. A believer is one who does believe in God's plan, God God of the universe, Jehovah God, Yahweh God. And they believe in His Son Jesus, and they accept this plan for everlasting living by asking Christ into their hearts and into their lives. They become believers. Those who decide, I'm not, I don't believe that. They are, they are unbelievers. 2 Thessalonians 1, 9, and 10. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. Hmm. When He comes in that day to be glorified in His saints, to be admired among all those who believe. Become a believer today. Avoid this place called hell. Hell is a real place. It's an actual place. But I also want you to understand it's an awful place. 
It's a place you don't want to go. It's a place you don't want your loved ones to go. You don't even want your enemies to go there. We shouldn't want anybody to go there. It's awful, this place called hell. And the Bible is very clear. Look, look even at our text here, verse number 44. I'm going to bring it up one more time. The, the worm doesn't die here. The fire does not, is not quenched here. You ever burnt yourself on the, on the stove? Anybody ever burnt themselves on the iron, maybe? Anybody ever been burnt? I mean literally, not by somebody. You know, they burnt me. I'm talking about real fire. Maybe a campfire. Maybe a house fire. I don't know. The oven. Getting something out of the oven. I know Karen burnt herself not very long ago, and it scarred and it hurt. Imagine the very worst burn you've ever had. We went to a Chinese restaurant some years ago, and we, they had the, uh, what, what do you call it? You spin that thing in the middle. Lazy Susan. Well, what Susan ever do deserve that? All the Susans. God bless her. Lazy Susan. So, you know, that's kind of fun to spin around. Even as an adult, I kind of, we go to Panda Inn, I want to I spin that thing around. Well, the kids, they really like that. And so they were, they were spinning this thing around. You try to get your drinks over to you or your soy sauce, whatever it is. You're spinning that thing around. Well, they'd put, Lloyd, they'd put some hot tea on this thing. I'm talking about scalding hot. And as, as one of us spun this lazy Susan, the, 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 the pitcher of tea just began to kind of slide. And then it bumped right off and dumped. And wouldn't you know that the hot tea went right on Daisy. It just went right on her little stomach and onto her legs. And she, she screamed a blood-curdling scream that I'll never forget as long as I live. Blood-curdling. Everybody in the restaurant froze. It was so horrific, this scream. So, of course, Karen and I start tending to Daisy immediately. And Karen's like, no, you're all right, babe. You're all right, babe. And I said, Karen, she's not all right. Her skin is sloughing off of her, even as we speak. This is a serious, serious burn. We're peeling her clothes off in this Chinese restaurant and just trying to, anything we could, we we're frantic. Had to rush her to the hospital. And uh, my goodness. By the way, I wasn't really going to go here, but God gave us a miracle. She doesn't even have any scars as a result of that burn. God supernaturally healed her. But I think of the horror of her being burned on her stomach, just a little portion. I think of Dave Reaver, our friend, who, by the way, guys, you have to sign up for this men's conference. We're going to pack this place out. There's so many churches that are coming. They're bringing their men. We need to set the example. We need to be front and center at this conference. I want, this is my last opportunity to tell you before I get back from the UK. I'm leaving on Tuesday to go to England. So I'm, I'm going to push it right now. You've got to sign up. You've got to get here. It's going to be powerful and explosive. Dave Reaver is going to be our speaker. I think of Dave Reaver having 40% of his body blown off and a phosphorus grenade just eating into his, into his body and into his skin, eating his flesh away, burning him alive. All of this does not even scratch the surface to the awful burning that is going to happen in hell. It's a burning that doesn't ever go away. It's an unquenchable 
fire. So imagine the, the worst burn that you've ever experienced. Imagine that amped up a thousand times and never actually going away. You're being burned, but you're, you're not being consumed. But you have the pain of it. This is hell. So we, we, we throw it around as a cuss word. I say we, they, whatever. And take all the importance and all the significance out of it. We hear it every day. You hear it every day, probably. You hear it on the TV. But hell is a really awful place. It's awful. The damnation of hell. Complete separation from God. You're condemned. John 3.16, he who believes in him is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already. You're condemned. You're damned to hell because you didn't believe. The duration of hell is awful. You see, hell is for eternity. Everlasting fire. Cast into everlasting fire. Everlasting burning. The worm not dying. The fire not quenched. The description of hell is awful. That fire that I spoke of, I don't want that. You don't want that. The remorse, you know, when this conversation is going on between Abraham and the rich man and Lazarus and all this, Abraham says, remember, I believe there will be memory and people saying, oh, I, 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 I remember Pastor Dave telling me now. Teenagers saying, I remember. And, and I know he urged me, but now I want to make that choice. And forever having that remorse and that regret. That's part of the awfulness of hell. The intense, unsatisfied thirst. Just let him dip his finger in the water. The misery. The pain. Tormented with fire and brimstone. The frustration and the anger. Luke 13, 28 talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Eternal separation. Let me just give you one bit of good news concerning hell. As I close. Hell is avoidable. <laughs> Oh, that's good news today, folks. You don't have to go to hell. I'm not going to hell. Hell is an avoidable place. You see, in our text today, not only did Jesus talking about, talk about cutting off hands and cutting off feet and plucking out eyes, and I don't suggest that to anybody, and today we don't have to do any of that, Okay? We've got the blood of Jesus to forgive us of all of our sins. And we've got the blood of Jesus that will help deliver us from any of our, any of our frustration, any of our temptation. Amen. You don't have to cut anything off. Don't go plugging out your eye this afternoon and say, Pastor Steve said. I want you to see the deeper point here that Jesus is trying to say. Three times did he not only talk about cutting off body parts, he also talked about entering into life. Verse 43, verse 45, and verse 47. And when he said, enter into life, he was basically saying, enter into me, because how many know today Jesus is life? Amen. In fact, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father unless he come by me, through me. 
So we accept eternal life by accepting Jesus. And this is how we could avoid hell. When somebody tells you go to hell, just tell them no thanks. You tell them I have no intention of going there, but since you brought up the subject, why don't we just talk for a little while? They open the doorway. They say, hell no. They say, whatever. They, if they're going to say this word, oh, well, since you brought it up, why don't we, let me tell you a little bit about what my pastor just told me about this place. We got to take it back, folks. It's not just a, an inappropriate word. It's actually a place that is prepared by God for Satan, primarily, and the demons that followed him, the wicked, the Antichrist, and unfortunately, it will also be a place that those who don't believe, they'll live forever. And it's, not, it's no good. It's no fun. It's an awful place. I want you to bow your heads today. I believe that God is going to open up conversations and opportunities for each, each of us to speak intelligently and clearly on this topic in the next weeks that are to come, the next months that are ahead for us. Don't be timid. Don't withdraw. Take the opportunity to tell people about hell. I'm not a proponent of scaring people into heaven and, you know, scaring the hell out of people as some people. I'm not. See, we're not going there. I'm talking to you about a place that is real. It's not a cuss word. It's really not. It's a place that we're not going to. Don't go there. The way to avoid hell is realize you were born into sin. The Bible says all have sin. We all fall short of God's glory. There's none that are righteous, not even one. Recognize that you're a sinner. Also, make a note of the penalty for sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. It is in Jesus Christ. How to avoid hell. Understand what Jesus did to pay the price for sin. When we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. God demonstrated his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. How to avoid hell. Turn from your sin. 
turn from your sin, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe that in your heart. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says that you will be saved. Every head bowed today. If you're here and you know for certain that you are going to heaven, I want you to lift your hands all over this room. You know for certain that you are going to heaven. I want to see your hand. You've already accepted Christ. You've already decided to believe. Let me see the hands of all those who are certain today. Thank you. Now, if you're here and you did not lift your hand or you're just not sure, but you want to be sure, and you would say, Pastor, I want to go to heaven. I do not want to go to hell, but I'm really not sure. Would you pray for me? I want to see your hand. Just put it up and put it right back down. If you would say, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven, but I definitely don't want to go to hell. You just put up your hand and put it right back down. Anyone? Thank you. Thank you. Amen. It's really simple. Very, very simple. We just, we call on God. We ask him to forgive us of all those wrong things that we've done. Jesus, come into my life. God, help me right where I am today. If you've lifted your hand or you know that you need to and you want this prayer, I want to ask you, as Pastor Moses leads us in this simple chorus, I'm going to ask you to move from where you are. We have friends here and staff here that will help pray with you. But I want to, I want to seal the deal, so to speak. We want to pray with you today. And you will know that you know that you are saved. Come now. Call upon the name of the Lord. Come on, I want everybody to stand. And then those who lifted their hands, that's your opportunity to step out from where you are and come and let us pray with you right now. Amen. Jesus is the name Help me, we Debbie. adore. Amen. Let's all. Come on, everybody. Just call. Amen. Call upon the name of the Lord. I'm so proud of you today. So happy for you today. Anybody else? You meet me right here. Come on and let's pray with you today. Let's just. Make sure, get all your sins under the blood. Get everything forgiven today. Jesus is the Just name as these two young ladies are doing. That's all. Call on his name. Just call. Call upon the name of the Lord. Let's say that name today. Jesus, 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 give him praise, call his name, call his name, Jesus, Jesus, 
nor the name I know. As they call on the name of Jesus, they're saved. Look at what God has done in this room today. Delivered us and set us free, many of us, with struggles and addictions. Brought this precious family I've never laid eyes on, never met, just to prove that He is God to them and bring healing to this baby lying in a hospital room even as we speak and now two young ladies are getting saved that's a pretty powerful day oh come on somebody the angels are rejoicing we ought to be rejoicing change I told you it's all about change today I told you it's all about change lives amen amen Pastor Moses is going to dismiss us in prayer. Please remember there's no service on tonight so that you have wonderful time with your family. Pastor Jim and I are going to be boarding a plane Tuesday morning crossing the pond. We're heading to England. We are going to start our master's programs in practical theology. We'll be gone for a couple of weeks. I want you to know fully what is going on, and I want you to pray for us, please. Take this to your heart and pray, and uh, everything is all covered. We've got such capable staff, Pastor Moses and Pastor Dave and Pastor Becca, and, and we just have such a great, great staff that are going to run everything, and the board that, that's here to give leadership. So just be in prayer about this, and um, we'll miss you. <laughs> we will definitely miss you. Hadn't today been a great day, though, everybody? Amen. Amen. I want to sing that chorus one more time before we dismiss. Sing Jesus. Come on, just say his name. Jesus. Sing his name. Come on, sing one more time. Jesus. thank you this morning, God, that we can call upon your name. God, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be in a certain place or a certain spot. Father, wherever we are, we can call upon your name, God, and we know and trust and believe that you'll hear and you'll answer. Father, we thank you for the salvation, God, that was what we experienced in this place this morning. Father, we thank you that you care about our lives, Father, and wanting us in right relationship. Father, I pray, Lord God, as we go our separate ways, Lord God, as we just uh, do what we have to do this week, Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear when you speak, Lord God, that we would be obedient, Father, when you ask us of something, God. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your favor in our lives, and we thank you, God, for your presence, and we ask you this in Jesus' name. Everyone said...
Amen.